0: Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. MLBC is led by Pastor Dennis Fountain and exists to help real people going through real life experience real change through our incredible God. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Well, let's take our Bibles this morning and let's go to the book of John and chapter number 15. John chapter 15 this morning. John 15, and um, I wanna ask you this morning if you have ever had a time in your life when what you were paying attention to got distracted. You ever had a time when you're focused on something and a distraction comes up? Uh, How many of you have a driver's license? Then it's happened to you. Because there's been a time in your life when you are focused on one thing and you become distracted, Uh, you know, when you're focused on one thing and you get distracted, your attention wanes, it goes away from what it should be, Uh, sometimes bad things happen. Like, well, I'll just ask you, you ever been scrolling on like Facebook or your social media and you're scrolling and you see somebody, you know, riding a bike or a skateboard and they're going really, really fast and you know what comes next. I was watching the other day, uh, someone had posted a video, and I'm like you, that I have a love-hate relationship for those videos. Because like I'm scrolling, and I know what's coming next, but I can't scroll away. And the other day I was scrolling and there was this one, this guy was on a skateboard flying down a main road, like a highway road that someone had been pulling. He was holding on a rope. Someone was pulling him on this skateboard and the dude was cooking. I mean, he was flying down this road and I watched as he's on this skateboard and the car's going beside him filming and I watched as he turned to like wave at the camera and sure enough, He was no longer booking it. Instead, he was eating pavement and losing his teeth. Like the dude hit the ground so hard. And boom, 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 boom. I don't know about you, but I want to watch that and I don't want to watch it all at the same time. Man, when you get distracted from where your attention should be, bad things happen. I learned this lesson for the very first time when I was in about kindergarten or first grade. Here's how I learned the lesson. In first grade, Mrs. Kirkner was our teacher, and the little school I went to in Greeley, Colorado, uh, you would be dismissed to recess, you know, your 25-minute break or 30-minute break or 15-minute break, whatever it was. Every time that we would be dismissed, we would always have to go out of our classroom, down the big long hallway to the back doors of the school that went out into the playground. And we would always have to stop at those doors and then line up. We were just little kids. So there was two big, two uh, good-sized doors that they would open. So we would get in four lines. And I remember that when those doors opened, you had about a 15-foot wide little corridor that was lined by these big giant pillars The pillars were probably about, I don't know, probably about two and a half, three feet wide. I mean, they were big pillars that were on that side. And as kids, of course, when it came to recess, I mean, we got there and every day it was like, hey, let's race. Who's gonna make it to the monkey bars faster? And so I remember on this particular day that I'm thinking of, I lined up closest to the wall. Next to me was my friend Brad. Next to Brad was a girl that was in our class whose name was Karen, And then next to Karen was Seth. I'll never forget this day. The doors opened. Now I have to tell you something though. Seth was like Speedy Gonzalez. Like in kindergarten, first grade, Seth was the kid that when you race Seth, you're gonna lose. Like you just know you are. So here we are, we're gonna all race. So my goal is just don't lose to Karen. Like, that's my goal, right? I don't care if Brad beats me. I don't care if Seth beats me. Don't lose to Karen, you know? Her name really was Karen, just so you know. (laughs) I remember those doors opened, and man, we took off. And as we took off, of course, Seth was halfway down the little corridor before we were even a quarter way. But Seth did something that day that I will never forget. Because Seth, as he's running, he turned to say something. And as he turned, so did his body. And he ran right into one of those columns. Now, I laugh now, but I didn't laugh then because here's what happened he hit that column so hard that his head split wide open and it knocked him unconscious immediately. Boom, he collapsed. We're there, me and Brad was my good friend and we were like, he died. Like Seth is dead. And I remember Mrs. Kirkner, she was right behind us and she went right out and began administering first aid and working on him and long story short, Seth, he, he recovered, he's fine, he didn't die. He just had split his, eye, his head open right here but blood was everywhere. I remember, ev- I remember every recess after that for that year and second grade, whenever we came to the corridor, like all of us were like, you know, walk on the side by the wall. But you know what I learned that day? I really did. I learned that if you lose focus from where you're supposed to be paying attention, bad things could happen. And I remember someone even taught the lesson, like, do you wanna know why Seth ran into the pole? It's because Seth wasn't looking where he was supposed to. You know, in life, it can happen where we can be focused and our attention distractions come and pull our focus away. But I want you to know that spiritually, listen, as a follower of Jesus, as a follower of Jesus, all too often you can lose your focus. All too often as a follower of Jesus, we know what we are supposed to be focused upon, but the devil throws little distractions along the way. And maybe we stay physically conscious, but a lot of people become spiritually knocked out. Oh, you're still a Christian, you're still a child of God, but you are not accomplishing what God wants to accomplish in your life. You are not being used for what God wants to use you for. You are not seeing the blessings and fulfillment and joy and peace that God has in store for you. And the reason is because you simply lost focus for just a minute. As we come into 2024, we're going to go this morning to John chapter number 15. And it's in John chapter number 15 where Jesus helps us and helps the followers of Jesus and specifically his apostles. He helps them understand where our focus should be. Because I hate to say this today, but I would say that modern day Christianity has lost its focus. Church has lost its focus amongst a lot of Christians. You know what a lot of Christians see church as? A lot of Christians see church as a checklist. Well, check, I did my my duty in the week. God, aren't you pleased with me? A lot of Christians see Christianity as just that moral support group that should be around them. And, And that may be a good thing, but that's not the purpose. A lot of Christians see church as just a social gathering, that's not the purpose. A lot of believers see their Christianity as something that uh, maybe is for them and it's been, well, it's just kind of my life, it's just kind of part of me and they've turned it into performance. How close can I be to God today and how, how great can I perform for God today? Can I just tell you that that is not the purpose? So what is the purpose? Where should our attention be as we come into a new year? That's the question we're gonna answer as we go to John 15. And so you have your Bibles there. I want you to follow along as I read John chapter 15, verse one, down through verse number 17. You follow along as we read the words of Jesus speaking to his apostles. Jesus said this, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman, the gardener. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. The word there, taketh away, means to lift up, all right? Not, not to cut off. It means to lift up. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now, you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. Because the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except unless it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. You can't bring forth fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same will bring forth much fruit. For because without me you can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. Verse eight, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If ye keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Now these things have I spoken unto you so that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do whatsoever I I command you. Henceforth, from here on out, I call you not servants, for a servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. Because all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made them known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. These things I command you that you love one another. John 15 It's a great portion of Scripture. It's a great passage that we're going to learn about this morning, but what we're going to uh, hopefully walk away with today is this. In the Christian life, God has certain purposes that you and I should be focused upon. He has certain areas that we should continually pay attention to. But if we're not careful, we get too easily distracted. So today, here's what I'd like to do. I wanna answer the question of what are those purposes? Where should my attention be in 2024? I'd like to pray with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. And this morning, I would just ask you before we get into the message today, would you pray just in your own heart between you and the Lord, and would you surrender these next few moments to God? God, would you please speak to me today? God, I I wanna surrender my attention to you this morning and then make a commitment. God, if you speak to me today, I will listen to you and God, I will respond to you. Dear Lord, thank you again for this morning. Thank you for the time to worship you through song and Lord, we do pray that you would come and that you would work in our midst, that you would help us today. Father, I just humble myself before you, Lord, recognizing my need of you. And God, I don't at all want uh, my message to be heard this morning. Lord, I want you to be heard. And so, God, I, I pray that you'd speak. We give you permission now to work in each and every one of us. Lord, if there is someone here that does not know that they would spend eternity with you, I pray that today they'd put their faith completely in you. I pray for every believer today, Lord, that you would help us to leave with a desire to stay focused upon the purposes that you have for us each and every day. Lord, that this theme would not be the theme of a year, but Lord, that we would use this to characterize our very life. Lord, that our life would be something that focuses upon that which pleases you. We love you, we thank you for your love, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. When you come to John 15, um, there's a few things we need to know about it. The the portion of Scripture that we're in, it's actually in the last few hours of the life of Jesus. Uh, as As a matter of fact, you can go to John chapter 13 and you find Jesus entering into really the last about 12 to 15 hours of his life. What takes place in John 13? Well, in John 13, Jesus institutes uh, the Lord's table. In John 13, Jesus humbles himself, of course, and washes the disciples' feet, serves and washes their feet. And in John 13, Jesus speaks of one that would betray him. And he, of course, speaking of Judas. And in John 13, Jesus sends Judas out. Well, if, you, if you've been with us, we were kind of going through the life of Christ in the book of Luke here recently. If you've been with us on that, then you'll remember that by this time, the notoriety of Jesus was through the roof. Everybody knew who Jesus was. The miracles that Jesus had performed were literally thousands of miracles. Now, now you might say, well, Pastor, wait. When we read in Scripture, we don't read of thousands of miracles. Correct. But John writes in John 21 that if, if the heavens were like a scroll... They couldn't contain the miracles and the teaching that Jesus did upon this earth. So what's recorded for us in scripture is really just, it's just a highlight of the thousands of miracles that Jesus did. But there came a point in the ministry of Jesus in doing miracles and teaching these life-changing lessons that Jesus began to say like, guys, I'm not going to be with you for a long time. And if you'll recall, they they were like, "Now, Jesus, what are you talking about? And Jesus began to prophesy that he was going to die. Well, now we are to that day where Jesus is going to die. So what does Jesus do? Well, John 14, I love John 14. If you're ever discouraged, go read John 14. John 14 is Jesus's encouragement in a discouraging time because here's what he says to his disciples, his apostles. He's about to leave and Jesus says, hey, Listen, don't be afraid because I'm going away, but I'm going to a place to prepare something for you. Because in my father's house, there are many mansions, many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, but I'm going to prepare a place for you. And and then I'm going to go, but the comforter is going to come. And John 14 speaks of the Holy Spirit coming into our life. And then they get up and they leave the upper room. And they begin making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane. And many of you have been there with me. We've we've watched and we've seen the Garden of Gethsemane. And we've seen that walk that they would have had from that upper room to the garden area. It's on this journey where Jesus teaches John 15 and John 16. And in John 15, he gives this metaphor, this illustration of what the purpose of the Christian life really is. I'm going to summarize the illustration. Now, I'll tell you this this morning. We could do an entire series, like four or five weeks, in just the verses we read a minute ago. I mean, it 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 is drenched with incredible principles and truths. But today, we're just going to kind of get a highlight, a synopsis. So before we do that, though, let me just tell you real quick what John 15, 1 through 17 is about. It's about you and I understanding this. A Christian, a follower of Jesus, should glorify God. That's your purpose, glorify God. But the best way to glorify God is to bear fruit. Now, you and I, we're like, well, what does that mean to bear fruit? There's two types of fruit referred to in the word of God. The first is bearing the fruit of the the characteristics of a Christian. All right, Galatians 5 speaks of the fruit of the Spirit. It's not literal fruit that once you get saved, you're gonna start growing an orange out of your hair or something like that. No, 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 we understand that. It's saying there are going to be characteristics that show you as a follower of Jesus. That's fruit. The other type of fruit is the fruit of other believers helping others come to know Jesus. So there's the fruit of growing like Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and the fruit of bringing others to Jesus. So a Christian is to glorify God. How do I glorify God? By bringing forth fruit, but you can't bring forth fruit. You can't be like Jesus or bring people to Jesus unless you're close to Jesus. So what's John 15, 1 through 17 about? Glorify God, how do I glorify God? Bear fruit, how do I bear fruit? Get close to Jesus. That's it. That's the three things right there. Did you know that those three thoughts summarize the purpose of the Christian life? How so? Well, I'm glad you asked because here's what we're gonna do this morning. I'm gonna take you through those three principles of what a Christian should focus on. And I wanna challenge you in 2024 to have this focus Where should our our attention be? I see first off today that the attention of a Christian should be to lift him higher. Hey, to lift Jesus higher, to lift God higher. If you were to go to our our passage of scripture, you read, In verse number eight, where it says this, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. Hey, here's how you glorify God. Listen, if you were to go to the word of God all throughout the earthly ministry of Jesus, Jesus taught this, the purpose of life is to glorify God. That's what the purpose of your existence is, my existence. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. Glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Jesus prayed these words in John 15, or excuse me, John chapter 12. I don't have it on the screen. Jesus prayed, Father, glorify thy name. So then we come to John 15 and Jesus is speaking and he says, hey, remember, this is what brings God's glory, brings God glory. Now, the how we bring God glory, we're gonna talk about that. Bearing fruit, we'll talk about it. Right now, I wanna just help us understand You and I should have a goal each and every day to honor and glorify God. That should be a goal. What is the purpose of a Christian? Honor and glorify God. What is the purpose of a follower of Jesus Christ? Help people honor and glorify God. But a lot of us, we get distracted too easy. You know what we start doing? we start honoring and glorifying our name. We start, on, we start honoring and glorifying our priorities. We start, start honoring and glorifying our purposes. It's easy to get distracted, isn't it? But when you and I get distracted, sometimes we knock ourselves out spiritually. And there's a lot of Christians, here's, and I'll say it a couple times today, There's a lot of Christians that are in a spiritual coma. And the Lord wants to say, hey, hey, wake up and remember your purpose. What is it? Lift him higher. You're to glorify God. Man, all throughout scripture, we read this. I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 20. You are bought with a the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Hey, he paid for your salvation. Now you have purpose to lift him up. I think of Isaiah 43, 7, written to the people of Israel. But we can understand the application in our life. Even everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. Hey, listen, you and I are created to glorify God. Paul wrote to the church, house churches in the book of Romans. Romans, he said that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify God, even the father, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The purpose of the church is to glorify God because the purpose of the individual is to glorify God. Hey, you want a purpose, you want a calling, you want something to really focus on in 2024, lift him higher. man! it should be the goal. It should be the focus of each and everything I do. I would tell you this, it should be the focus of every single day of your life. You know, as a follower of Jesus, our attention should be set upon glorifying God. So like when you wake up tomorrow, tomorrow's Monday, January 8th, some of you are gonna get up and go to work. Hey, you're not just going to work. You're going to work to glorify God. Hey, you're not just a retiree with a lot of time on your hands. No, 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 you're a retiree with a lot of time on your hands to glorify God. Hey, you're not just a parent that stays home and watches the kids while someone else goes to work. No, 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 you're a parent that gets to stay home and help the kids learn about glorifying God. Hey, you don't just bring home the paycheck. No, 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 you bring home money so that your family can learn and grow in glorifying God. You see, the principle is this, if I can look and have the mindset that the, the, the world and culture is going to say, well, you are just here and then you're gone. No, 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 my friend, I am here right now for today, January January 7th, 2024, and I have one purpose today, and that one purpose is to glorify God. So God, help me to glorify you today. How can I glorify God? Well, there's so many ways for us to glorify God, but we just need to understand that that purpose should be the motivation behind what I do and why I do what I do. The purpose of the Christian life is to glorify God, but the purpose of the church is to glorify God. I mentioned a minute, a minute ago that people have a, often a, a, raw, a skewed uh, skewed view of what the church should be. Hey, church is about glorifying God. You know what our church, what we want to do here, we want to always just bring God glory. We want that to be behind everything we do. So as we lay out Vision Sunday, some goals, some plans, why do we do it? We want to glorify God. I'm thinking right now about, about our building. Man, I, pray, I hope you'd be praying with me. We've got our plans almost completed. The contractor called me on Friday and said, hey, I hope to have those plans to you within the next few days. We've got the bank that's already ready for us to come and we're gonna be negotiating and working back and forth. But why do we build a new building? Well, pastor, because of our space. Okay, that's a, that's a good reason. Well, pastor, because two services. I mean, we wanna get back to one service. I mean, I hate the fact that, that we kind of have to divide up. Pastor, we don't have space for the kids' ministry. Pastor, we want to to see that new gym so we can have some opportunity to reach out in, in our community. I mean, yeah, all of those reasons are good reasons, but you want to know why we want to build? To glorify God. Hey, listen, I pray that the building does not go forward if we have any other motive. Our motive must be to glorify God. I'm reminded of that this morning. I was scrolling on Facebook. I like to go on and check other people's services, you know, kind of see what's going on and some of my friends and their ministries. And as I started scrolling, literally right when I clicked on, you know, Facebook has like your memories from today. You know what my memory was from today three years ago? My memory and the church's memory is I went live from the property because three years ago today, we closed on the purchase and we paid cash for it. Do you know why? Because God did it. It's for his glory. And I was reminded as I was watching that video even, man, this is not about our church, about expanding, about growth. This is about the glory of God. You know, when that's our motive, it becomes easy to say, well, God, it's in your timing. (laughs) When that's our motive, it becomes easy to say, well, I'm not giving to a building, I'm giving to glorify God. I'm not serving just to check a list. No, no, no. I'm serving at church to glorify God. You see, it becomes the purpose behind everything we do. It becomes the purpose of why we give. I mean, we talk financially. Oh, pastor, you're talking about finances in church. Yeah, God does. It's totally okay. You know why we should give? To glorify God. Man, never give because someone says we should give. Man, we should give to glorify God. New building, missions, special, uh, special engagements or events that we have going on. Hey, you giving to a loved one, give just to glorify God. Let it be behind everything you do. That's why we do outreach. Why? To glorify God that we're gonna talk about the fact of bearing fruit, but we reach out because we wanna glorify God. So I'm just simply saying what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, whatever you do, whether you're eating or drinking, whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Here's my question for you in 2024. Would you have this idea that 2024 is gonna be a year of me glorifying God? What am I supposed to be doing? I'm supposed to be lifting Jesus higher. You know what happens when you go to work and you desire to glorify God? When you desire to glorify God at work, you just, you know, you're going day in and day out, but I just wanna lift Jesus higher today. How? Have a good testimony. I'm gonna lift him higher at home. How am I gonna do that? Because I'm just gonna be respectful and at home I'm gonna let my character reflect Jesus. I'm gonna lift him higher in my community. Why? Because I wanna help our community understand the Lord and I want our community to grow in the Lord. I'm not going higher, just for those of you that are worried. (laughs) You know what the idea is? The idea is just simply, I don't care what happens in my life. I don't want people to see me. I just want to lift Jesus higher. Hey, I want to ask you in 2024, will you make that your goal? In 2024, will you have a desire that no matter what you do, no matter how high you go, no matter what takes place in your life, that you are going to lift Jesus higher? You see the purpose of life? Lift him higher. Number two, number two, I want you to see this from the word of God. We see herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit. Notice that we have the purpose to grow deeper, grow deeper. In John 15, what we find is our attention being drawn to a vineyard. The husbandman, the gardener, the vine vine. And the branches. But I want to draw your attention to verse number four. All right, verse number four. Because here's what we read in verse number four. We read these words, abide in me and I in you. Now the word abide here, it means to dwell in or to be at home in. All right, if you've ever bought a new home, let me just ask you this question. If you ever bought a new home, when you bought that home, did you tell the owners to leave everything, pictures included, clothes included, just leave it all that way and you'll take over? Probably not. No, when you bought a new home like me, I mean, now, now there's some of you, you're like, well, they left their washer and dryer. No, 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 I'm talking everything. Like clothes Every, leave cars it's all just leave it for us we'll we'll buy it it's ours you probably didn't do that you probably didn't leave things the way they were why it's your home you know what you did when you bought a new home you painted the walls probably if you're like us you knocked down a lot of walls <laughs> resanded the floors redecorate g- almost a total renovate got the whole thing why this is our home You know why I did that? It's my home. I want to be comfortable. I want to feel comfortable in my home. I'll take it a step further. I love all of you. I love our church. I love you. But today, if you were to come over to my house, I'm sorry. You're not going to find a picture of your family in my hallway. (laughs) Now, I love you. I do. I love our church, but you're not going to, you know what you're going to find? You're going to find a picture of our family. Why? It's my home. And now today, if you were to come over, I'm sorry, but you're not going to go change into my sweats. (laughs) You're just not going to do that. You're, you are not, you're not going to come in and go right over to the fridge. Now, now there's some of you, you know, I mean, everybody, we say, Hey, make yourself at home. When someone says that to you, like, do you really make yourself at home? Like, are you really gonna do what you would do at your house? No. Like, I've never taken a nap in someone else's bed because they said, hey, make yourself at home. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not gonna do that. Why? It's not my home. Hey, here's the simple thought that I just want us to understand the word abide, it means make yourself at home, be comfortable around. Here's what Jesus is saying. Don't miss it. I love the passage. Abide in me. I want you as a follower of me, Jesus said. I want you to be comfortable in me and I wanna be comfortable in you. That's what Jesus is saying. Abide in me and I in you. Dwell in me. Be at home with me. Rest in me. You wanna know why I'm comfortable in my home? Because I'm safe there. There's a sense of safety. There's a sense of security And the long, isn't it interesting? The longer you own a home, the more comfortable you get. You know, I mean, how many of you remember like buying that house and you move in for the first night? Man, you're like checking all the doors. You're like checking the neighbors. You're wanting to know what's going on. But after you've been there for like five or seven years, eight years, you might still lock the door. But every now and then you're like, I forgot to lock that door. Now, some of you are like, pastor, don't unlock, keep your door unlocked. Hey, I'm just talking about getting comfortable. Like you get, I I grew up in Lakewood, Lakehood. And there are times we forgot to lock the door. I didn't lock my car. People tried to steal it one time. It's because I didn't lock it. Why? That's comfortable. Pastor, why are you saying this? Because the longer you get to know Jesus, the more comfortable you are around him. The more you know someone, the more you know about them and the more you grow in them. Let me tell you this this morning. Your purpose in 2024 is to grow in the Lord, to be more comfortable in him. We read here in verse number two, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. I don't have time to do it. I I have a quote I'll read in just a minute, but the word taketh away, it means to raise up. You know, in your life, all right, here, stay with me. The purpose of life is to lift him higher, to glorify Jesus. How do I do that? Well, I do that by bearing fruit, by characteristics and bringing people to Jesus, but I can't really glorify him and I can't really bear fruit unless I first am growing in him. Because if I don't grow in Jesus, I can't be more like Jesus. This is verse number two. If you're not bearing fruit, he taketh it away. What's that mean? To raise it up. Okay, many of you know gardening. You know this. but And I I got these long things, a few long quotes here that I won't read all of them. But uh, a vineyard, if a vine begins to grow along the ground, what it will do is it'll begin to produce roots into the soil. But those roots don't ever produce real fruit. And so what does the gardener do? Well, the gardener will come along and he will take that branch and he will lift that branch up. He will cut the roots that are there in the the soil from that vine so that that vine is forced to draw nutrients from, or excuse me, that branch is forced to draw nutrients from the root, from the vine. Here's what this verse means. In your life and my life, do you know what Jesus does? Sometimes we get our life and we we just start building roots in the soil of this world. We start getting distracted, and we start trying to produce our own peace and our own joy, and we start trying to find our own fulfillment. And you know what the Lord does? The Lord comes along, he says, no, 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 my child, listen, listen, I want you to draw close to me because I am the only way that you can produce real fruit. I'm the only way you can have real peace. I'm the only way you can have real joy. He raises you up. Sometimes he does that through challenges. Sometimes he does that through trials. But I believe in every situation in life, do you know what God's purpose? is to draw you and I closer to him it's not so that we'll go God what are you doing it's so that we go God I need you and we can draw nutrients from the vine Jesus Christ but here's what we need to understand all of that takes place as we grow deeper I have this quote I love it about the vine and this idea of taketh away Far from taking it away or cutting it off, this word depicts the tender and loving care of the Father on us, his children, when he wants to produce more fruit. This is not a picture of judgment on the unproductive branch, but completely opposite. It shows how much God loves us and tenderly takes care of us so that he can turn us into productive branches. No good, excuse me, no good and real vine dresser in the world immediately cuts off an unproductive branch without giving it the chance to produce fruit. If a vine dresser always cut off unproductive branches, the vine dresser would never get any fruit because all branches are unproductive from time to time. Similarly, God, the vine dresser, rather than cut you off when you don't produce fruit, he lifts you up where you can bask in the sun and get nutrients from the vine. Here's what I would ask you today. Are you growing closer to Jesus? Like in your life, are you growing deeper in him? What's he wanna do? He wants to use your life to produce fruit, but that's not gonna happen unless you are growing in him. How do I grow in him? I wanna challenge you this year to have a personal commitment to the word of God. Hey, grow deeper through a personal commitment to God's word. I say this often at church, I don't ever want to apologize for it. The number one thing the devil will fight in your life is your time in the Word of God. It is. Why? Because he knows what God's Word can do in you. Like the devil knows. This is why we're handing out the devotions. This is why on that insert (coughs) that you have the top two QR codes are so you can join a seven-day plan to start this year right, a seven-day plan in you version, led by Pastor Carlos and Michael, uh, just seven days this week, seven days next week. You say, well, what about the week after that? Hey, join with someone else and jump in. The idea is to start this year saying, God, I'm gonna be committed to the word of God. Hey, have a mindset this year. Don't, don't do this. All right, all right. Every day this year, I will be in the word of God every single day because I guarantee you there's gonna come one day when you forget and then you're gonna pill your head that night and be like, I failed, I'm a failure. Ah." Hey, just have a goal that every week I'm gonna have more days in the word than not. Now, I think it is a great goal to have every day in the year. I think that's a phenomenal goal, but start with the week. I'm I'm gonna get in the word of God this week. Why should I do that? You're gonna grow deeper. Hey, grow deeper a personal commitment through the word of God. Grow deeper through faithfulness to his church. Okay, now listen. Uh, oh. Everybody expects the pastor to say this. Like everybody. And I had to just kind of come to grips with it like 10 years ago. When we're out in the community, if you haven't been to church in a while, I'm like the pastor, I'm like the confession booth. Like I just had to learn to live with it. I haven't seen people, and in my mind, I'm like, like, oh man, that's cool. I haven't seen you in forever. And they walk up, and they're like, hey, pastor. Uh, so I just wanna tell you, uh, can I just put your mind at ease? Don't come to church because of the pastor. As a matter of fact, let me take pastor hat off for just a minute. I just wanna talk to you as a Christian, just Dennis the Christian, Church is so vitally important to our spiritual growth and health. If there is one commitment that I would make for my family that I would just say, we are, nothing else will take priority over this. And my kids know this, and this does not mean, I would say, we will not miss church. Oh, you're the pastor. Remember, I just took that pastor hat off, took it off, whoops, over there. I'm just saying it because as a Christian, like, we need it. We are the church. We need each other. We need the growth and the encouragement. We need the help. So have that personal commitment through faithfulness to the church. One of those QR codes on there is so you can download the events calendar and know what's going on. Hey, don't just attend church, get involved in church. Man, that's the third way. How can we have personal growth? Have personal involvement. I I gotta tell you a secret. Some of you know this, but others of you don't. You ready? Church happens more than I knew he was gonna say that. You're right. Church happens more than once. We have tons of events and ladies Bible studies and growth group and discipleship and men's breakfasts and tons of opportunity for you and I to grow in the Lord. Well, pastor, I just, you know, time and consuming. Right, we lose attention. Hey, I love football, but football's not more important. Hey, I love love the sports like anybody, but sports aren't more important. I love a good break like anybody, but breaks aren't more important. I say, well, pastor, I just tell you, you know, I I try to come. I'm not telling you if you miss a service, bless God, he's out to get you. No. I'm just saying that faithfulness to church and personal involvement, God will use it to help you grow. He will. So this year, like, here's what I challenge you with. This year, say, okay, God. Okay, God. You want to grow me? I'll be faithful to church. I want to see what you do. I'm going to take you up on your promise, God. And be, and be involved. Serve. Find ways to serve. How else can we grow deeper? Grow deeper through prayer. Hey, the word of God should be accompanied with prayer. This year in our growth groups, and our midweek, we, we just made that transition back to one uh, growth group on Wednesday nights. We have our discussion-based groups that will be in here. We have the New Journeys Discipleship, those who want to do one-on-one discipleship, just a one-on-one deep dive into uh, nine doctrines of Scripture, nine truths of the Word of God that every Christian should know. We have our midweek uh, Clubhouse Kids Connect that takes place on Wednesdays at 6.30. But on Wednesdays at 6.30, you know what else we're going to really push is prayer. You know, Jesus said, My father's house should be a house of prayer. You know, a lot of Christians have done, we've gotten distracted and we forget to pray. Hey, God wants to hear from you. <laughs> Aren't you thankful? I, man, I don't know about you, but growing up, like my parents, they always told me, like, doors always open. Dennis, if you need anything, talk, like, be open with us. But you know, there were times that my dad was busy. There were times I couldn't get a hold of my mom. There were times I got a busy signal. Hey, you know what? With God, you're never gonna get a busy signal. (laughs) Hey, God says, come to me. Share your burdens with me. I will hear you. I will work in your life. Man, a growth through prayer. But know this, John chapter 10, verse number two, the second part of that verse says this, every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. That word purge, it means to prune. You know, as you grow in the Lord, you know what God's gonna do? He's gonna say, hey, uh, about your time. And he's gonna convict you about where you use your time. He's gonna convict you about a word that maybe you said or an attitude maybe you had. He's gonna convict you about maybe not going when you should have gone or going when you shouldn't have gone. And the Lord's gonna prune. He's gonna begin to work in your life through conviction to say, hey, keep growing in me. You know, my wife, uh, this little, This little plant here is from our house. My wife has a bunch of these. We, you know, when we travel to California, I feel like we come home with a new plant. But you know what my wife learned about these? They'll grow in anywhere. Like these little types of trees, I forget what type this one is, and you can shout them out, and I'd still, I'd be like, yeah, that sounds good. We'll go with that. But here's what I know about this. At our house, we have a number of these. A few of them, though, they're only about that big. You want to know why? It's because the pot they're in is only about that big. But here's what Hannah's discovered. Every year that she has one of these, as soon as she puts it in a deeper pot, it'll grow higher. Can I tell you, that's a lot like the Christian life, that as soon as you and I deepen our growth in Jesus, we will grow higher. You'll be able to lift him higher. Why? Because you're producing more fruit, there's things in your life that God is doing and blessing because you have this mindset of lift him higher, grow deeper. Third purpose and we're done. Reach farther, reach farther. Herein is my father glorified, it says this, that you bear much fruit. Oh, again the word fruit to grow deeper grow characteristics of him but also the word fruit to let more people know about him this is the great commission Matthew 28 18 through 20 and Jesus came and spake unto them saying all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you and lo I am with you all even unto the end of the world do you want to know what every Christian should have a goal of doing. Every Christian should have a goal every single day to push Jesus out further, to reach farther with Jesus. What is this? This is me attempting to bear fruit. What's that? Bringing more people to Jesus. I won't make you raise your hand right now, but if I were to ask how many of you know somebody that doesn't know Jesus as Savior, every hand would go up. Hey, you know what my goal should be this year? I want to try to share Jesus with them. I would ask you to make a few commitments on reaching farther. Number one, make this commitment. I will pray and attempt to bring one person to Jesus in 2024. In 2024, I will attempt and pray. I will try to bring one person to Jesus, maybe a classmate, maybe a schoolmate, maybe a coach, maybe a friend, maybe a coworker, maybe a grandchild, maybe a a, a grandson. I don't care. Man, a family member, who can you share Jesus with? I will pray to... Attempt, a pray and attempt to bring one person to Jesus. What am I doing? Reaching farther with Jesus. What else? I will pray and give for global impact. What's that? That's missions giving at our church. Hey, our church is about outreach. What do we wanna do? We wanna reach people. This year, we're taking on uh, Joseph Wicks. He was here just a few months ago with medical missions. Our church is gonna begin supporting them every month. But you know what that means? We as a church got a partner to say, hey, we wanna take Jesus farther. We're gonna take on Josh Skelly of Redemption Church in Tampa, Florida. Can I tell you, they just had an interest meeting, just an interest meeting. They had over 50 people there. I mean, they haven't even started church yet, like just sent out word and kind of Facebook and talking to people. Hey, we're going to start a new church. Anyone interested, come. Man, God is going to do something there. But what should I do as a Christian? Well, I decide to reach farther by my global impact, by my giving to that. But then that third area I challenge you with is I will pray and reach others through Moses Lake Baptist Church. Hey, this year we're going to have a lot of outreach events I'm thinking about Easter. I'm thinking about uh, Halloween. I'm thinking about our barbecues this summer. I'm thinking about our Christmas events. I'm thinking about Community Sunday. I'm thinking about our Friend Day in the month of September. Listen, all of these things, what are they? They're ways for us as a church to reach out. I'm thinking about week in and week out. Tons of people from our church that take our church invitations and just go uh, to their neighborhood and put them on the doors. And then in the summer, we have donuts and Doors, where we take one Saturday every six or seven weeks. We come here and eat a bunch of donuts and then go out and lose the weight by walking and putting it on and putting an invitation on a door. What is the purpose of it? It's outreach to reach farther. You know, I think some Christians would be wise, what would be good for some Christians this year? I think for some Christians, it would be good to just simply say, you know what, Lord, this year, like no other year, not only am I gonna lift you higher, not only am I gonna grow deeper, but God, as best as I can, I'm just gonna reach farther. I just, want, I just want to push Jesus out a little bit more. I just want to push Jesus out a little bit further. And God, this week, I just want to tell one more person about you. Next year, I want to tell one more person about you. And you know what, God, pretty soon, I'm just going to look back at my life and realize that as I lifted Jesus higher, he allowed me to grow deeper. And as I, grow, as I grew deeper, Jesus allowed me to reach farther. Can I just encourage you this morning as you and I go throughout this year? We can get distracted. This year, you can get distracted. This year, you can lose attention. You could go into a spiritual coma. Or this year, you could stay focused. What should I focus on? Well, this year, we're going to lift him higher. This year, we're going to grow deeper. And this year, with God's help, I'm going to reach farther. So my question for you for 2024 is this, will you? Will you determine this year starts this week? I'm gonna lift you higher, Lord. How do I do that? By growing deeper and desiring to reach farther with you. But maybe you're here this morning and you can't lift Jesus higher because you don't know that he's in your life. I would ask you today, are you 100% sure if you died today that you'd go to heaven? Do you know that? Because if you're here and you don't know that Jesus is in your life, you are here by divine appointment so that you could know from scripture that God wants you to know him. How do I know him? Well, you recognize that you're a sinner, but Jesus died on the cross for you. He was buried and three days later, he rose again to prove that he could be trusted. And if you're here today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, today needs to be that day. How do I put my faith in him? It says it this way. I confess with my mouth that I believe in my heart in the Lord. And so this morning, I just wanna say, if you were here and you've never received Jesus into your life, how do I receive him? Confess with your mouth that you believe in your heart. man. God, I recognize that I'm a sinner before you and I wanna ask you to forgive me of my sin and be my savior.